everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by NJM Insurance, and it is almost playoff time. Let's bring in a guy. I love to hear his analysis of the entire NFL, but the Eagles in particular. Steve Mariucci with the NFL Network. We always look forward to seeing you on game day mornings. I was about to say Eagles game day mornings, but game day mornings. How early do you get up for those game day mornings? So I'm, I'm a nervous Ned. So I have three alarms, right? So I have uh, the hotel, the hotel, I get a wake up at 345. And then I don't trust them all the time. So I get another one at 355 from the hotel. And then I set my phone to 350 right in the middle. So it's like three, you know, and then three strikes and you're out. If you, if you end up missing work, cause you slept in, it's, uh, it's technology's fault. But uh, that's when we get up and we go, we go in there, get our makeup on, and and away we go. We start at six o'clock out out here. It's nine o'clock your time, but uh, we have a lot of fun. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Yeah, we always enjoy watching here in Philly. You guys have great chemistry. And I'll start you off by asking about the Eagles making the playoffs. And there's a possibility really of four teams right now they could face on the road. Tampa Bay, L.A., Arizona, or Dallas. Who do you think it would be most advantageous for the Eagles to face? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, first of all, John, when I, when I look at all the playoffs, I'll be honest with you. I tip my hat to the Eagles because, and, and Nick Sirianni, Paisan, and, and uh, you know, he's, they've done a nice job there. I didn't expect them to make, I don't know if you expected them to make the playoffs. You know, they, in the city of brotherly love, you know, it's like, all right, we change coaches. Let's see how, how it goes. But uh, I'm, I've, I've been impressed with their grit and their fight and, and uh, they're better than we expected on defense and, and Jalen Hurts is the man. And, yeah, I know sometimes people talk, oh, yeah, well, what about somebody else? And you know what? He's the franchise quarterback over there. Just um, I, I love the kid. And uh, they've done a nice job getting to this point. They can only be six or seven. There's so many different scenarios in this in this yeah. playoff thing, and, and not as many in the NFC as the AF- AFC. has 130 different scenarios. It's like, <laughs> why don't you just play this game and then just – read in the paper who you're going to play next because there's so many different variables, right? But, you know, the Eagles are going to be six or seven seed. They're going to play one of those four teams you just mentioned. And uh, they got to decide, John, if, you know, how, how they want to play their guys, uh, the injured guys, the COVID guys, all of those kinds of decisions have to be made to save some juice for next weekend. And, and they're going to have to go through that conversation. Yeah, you, you were in the playoffs, I believe, four years in San Francisco, and I think you had to make that decision several times of whether to rest or play your starters. What did you do, and did you see any correlation going into the playoffs from those decisions? Yeah, yeah, similar. You, you brought that up because I don't know if you, you remember um, 2002, we, uh, we beat the Giants in a playoff game we were Jeff down 24 Gordon. points. We are down 24 in the third quarter, okay, and came back and beat them uh, with Ty Streets catching a touchdown pass. <laughs> and that was a great win for us. In fact, that was my last game ever in Candlestick because I got whacked the next week in Tampa. But um, before that game, we were – this is very similar. 
Uh, you have to look it up and, and do some real research. But I did. I did. Jeff Garcia played, right? He did, but but we played the Rams, and we hate the Rams, right? And that's a rival, just like the Eagles playing the Cowboys, right? And you want to win that game just because you want to have bragging rights because the Cowboys beat the Eagles badly in the third week of the season. But um, what I did, I said, you know what? We're just we're, we're in the playoffs. We can't really advance uh, a better seed. Doesn't matter if we win or lose. It, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So anybody that was hurt didn't play. If you were limping, you didn't play. And I pulled a lot of the starters out. I pulled Jeff Garcia out of that game. We were winning that game against the Rams. And then I had to stick to our plan and pull some of our guys out. And we didn't lose the darn game. It's a bummer because when you rest your players, you usually lose. Let's face it. You know, your backups don't win games unless the other team's playing their backups. But um, so I, I, I had a very similar situation where I had to decide. And we, we chose, hey, what's more important, the playoff game or this game? We're already in. It's not this game. And, and so I think they'll have that, that, uh, that conversation in-house as to who we're going to be careful with and who we're going to just play a little bit and who's not going to play at all and get ready for that playoff game. Uh, might play on a Saturday or a Sunday. You don't know that or you don't know who. So you want to be as fresh as possible. Did you see any correlation? Because I think in 97, you had Steve Young come in and play a couple plays, but then you went to the backups. Did you see any correlation ever in your career, the rest maybe being rusty in the playoffs or anything along those lines? Can you see my hands? <laughs> I don't buy that rust thing. Yeah, you might miss a throw or so, you know, but – did you just watch the college bowl games? Did anybody watch college bowl games? Some of these teams are getting three, four, five weeks off, okay, before they play a very, very important bowl game. Did anybody talk about rust when we're watching all these playoff games and the Rose Bowl and all this other stuff? No, we don't talk about rust in college. But did you let the kids – I coached 15 years in college. You let the kids rest. You let them go to class. You let them freshen up their body. And then you get some practice. And you let the young guys practice and all that stuff. But rust never comes up when Alabama's playing uh, <laughs> after a nice – right? And so so same thing with the NFL. I mean, it's like, you know, these guys want to play. They all want to play. We all love a routine. Let's play each week, same routine, same weekly schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Being fresh is more important than, oh, I didn't – I didn't play a game last weekend. That's why everybody loves the buy. The buy is a good thing. It's a win. It's a win with no injuries. That's what a buy is. And so we only have one. But uh, sometimes when you rest players, it's a it's ninety five percent beneficial. Okay. So if you got Jalen Hurts, he is still limited a little bit in practice with that high ankle sprain from a month or more ago. So you would rest him. Probably. I I don't. I haven't. Well, I texted with Jalen a week ago, but. Um, I got to know him a little bit when I put him on the, on the whiteboard at the combine, he was terrific and um, great kid, but I haven't talked to him. How bad is your ankle? I mean, if it's like, it's no big deal, then you might play him for half. But if it's, if he's limping, if he limps on his way to the shower, then I'm probably not playing him. Yeah. He's not limping anymore, but they still said he was a little limited. So you still, you still text with Jalen hurts. What kind of relationship do you have with him? Well, you know, like I said, we, we got to know each other at the combine when I 
every now at the combine, I'll put a, one or two players up on the, on the whiteboard and we'll just see what they remember and yada, yada, yada. But he was terrific. We, we had, I think there was almost 500,000 views on that, on that whiteboard thing we did. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I'll always just wish him good luck and good game and, you know, some of that stuff. I don't, I don't bother the players too much, but when I know these guys a little bit, I'll just uh, give them a way to go kind of text once in a while. Yeah, well, I tell you, I really liked those interviews you did at the Combine, and that one with Jalen Hurts. I'm going to play it for you again because it got a lot of good play here in Philly. You know what you know I'm going to play. He, jiggy. Though. he said Jiggy, and he threw me. I didn't know what he was talking about. No, no, no. They didn't say Jiggy. Here you go. Watch this. This is great stuff. I think I'm one of a kind of being able to use my athleticism in the pocket when needed um, and, and, and get freaky in open field when I have to. But freaky? Get freaky. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, uh, it's like the it factor. <laughs> <laughs> like yourself. It's freaky, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> get freaky. I love that. I love your reaction. Like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, these kids these days, you know, they got things, and so I, I uh, you know, I got to know them, and you know, you're there, you're there before and after that too, and you kind of get a. It, but I admired the way he handled his uh, his his career at Alabama. Not, you know, he handled it very gracefully, like a great teammate. And that's, that's one of the things that we pray for as a coach, that our players are good teammates. And he is, a, a, when you look up great teammate in the dictionary, it's his, it's his pitcher. And, uh, and then he was great over at Oklahoma too. But uh, yeah, I just admire the kid. So I give you credit because before this season started in training camp on the NFL Network, you said Jalen Hurts is going to be the franchise quarterback. So tell me, what did you see in him and how has he developed this year? I saw enough from last year when they were going back and forth with Carson Wentz with all their offensive linemen hurt and neither guy could, could, it was like run for your life, both guys. Okay. And I don't know what Jalen's record was last year. It wasn't great. I think he had a losing record, but one and three. That's not what I was looking at. I was looking at how did he handle <laughs> this pressure because the offensive line was so banged up? How did he fight and how did he progress and how did he make certain throws? And I was really encouraged. Um, and I, I even said, I thought it was best. And I know Carson Wentz too. I had him on the show too, but um, I thought it was best for him to reboot in some other place. Uh, start over with you know a new a new beginning and he's done that he's and they're they're gonna be they're gonna be a good team in the playoffs too man um and then I and I thought Jalen was the guy to take it over and you know and then I don't know why over there in Philly you know you got Gardner Minshew he played and he played well that one game right and all of a sudden is there a quarterback controversy no there's not a quarterback controversy Jalen's the guy all right and just let him keep playing keep throwing it's the number one rush team in football that's great and he's going to progress in the in the passing game as that offense progresses in the passing game, um, you know. And 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 I and I like their weapons, and I and maybe they're going to add another receiver or whatever to help him advance uh, from the pocket. But he certainly can scoot. That guy's got some athleticism, and he's got some great playmaking ability, and he's a smart guy, and he's a great teammate. Yeah, and and I saw that you had said you would like to see how he improves throwing from the pocket. So have you seen enough? How much has he improved in passing well, the football? This you've year? never seen enough because we're going to keep seeing him for the next 12 years. Okay. But um, 
I, I see, I see, I see him making progress. I, I see him work through his progressions more often before he takes off. I, I see him improve his accuracy. I see him improving his decision making. Um, you know, in, in terms of not forcing the ball into somewhere you shouldn't, and, and all the things that quarterbacks need. Um, and, and as you know, the game is evolving. It's it, we don't have the we don't have all pocket passers anymore like Peyton Manning. Tom Brady and Kurt Warner and uh, th that style of where you make your money from the pocket and with your head and your arm. Now we've got guys that are coming up. We, we take what we get in college, right? We've got to take what's coming up from the high schools and the college ranks. And what's happening is we're getting these great athletes that are playing quarterback from Pop Warner on up. And so they're making more plays and more yards with their legs, which is great. I love it myself because I had, you know, Steve Young, in San Francisco and he was a great athlete. He was a four or five guy. All right. And heck, they almost made him a defensive back over at BYU. And he said, give me one more spring. And then he, they gave one more spring and he turned into the Hall of Famer. And so, um, you know, the, 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 you can do more with the guys from, you know, from that athletic category in terms of the RPOs and the zone reads and the scramble drills and whatnot. But, the game will always still be played from the pocket, all right? A, a high majority of the game has to be from the pocket. That's why it's going to be hard for a 5-6 guy to ever play quarterback. I don't care how fast you are. you got to be able to throw from the pocket, and, and uh, that development is definitely taking place. So you think Jalen Hurts can be franchise quarterback in Philly for the next 12 years? I heard you put a number on it. Yeah, why not? I mean, other than getting hurt, um, I, I think I think that I think Philly doesn't have to look for another quarterback. Go ahead and find another tackle. Go find another receiver. Go find your needs on defense. A pass rusher. They haven't sacked the quarterback enough, um, but they play darn good defense. So uh, you know that's that's what they can you know use their money and their draft choices for now because they've got their quarterback. That's impressive to hear you say that. Uh, you talked about your paisan uh, Nick Sirianni. Uh, it's amazing what they're doing on offense. You're seeing, seeing RPOs, you're seeing zone reads, you're seeing pro and college concepts. How much variety does this offense have, not only in the passing game, but the running game? Well, it does. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what makes it hard to defend because, you know, you don't, you don't have just uh, the defensive lineman getting in a track stance and rushing the passer. Uh, you, you, they've got to play – They've got to play the zone read, the RPO, the run pass, the, the movement, the launch points change. They're all over the place. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, being creative and be, having that kind of diversity in your offensive scheme is hard to defend, really is. And, and the quick passing game has been very prevalent now. And, you know, Steve Young never went and shotgun in his whole career. I'm just telling you that right now, okay? This is how much the game has changed. Brett Favre took him eight years before he went into the shotgun. And so now we're in shotgun 65% of the time, and we're throwing the ball horizontally. We're throwing the ball on our side of the line of scrimmage because we have some RPOs that say, well, if, you know, if they don't go out and cover, we're just going to sling it out there and run a little bubble screen. And if they do cover it, we're going to run the inside zone, and away we go because they have a light box. And so, you know, that, that's, that's, the way, that's the way we play the Under Armour All-American game that I coached for 11 years. They just had the game this week. And it's, it's simple, and it's uh, hard to defend, and it's wide open, and you can get a lot of guys. You get a lot of water bug guys that can just make you miss in space. <laughs> Good luck tackling these guys. 
And so uh, it's kind of high scoring and fun to watch and more, more passing as we go. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know, Nick Sirianni started out doing what most coaches do right now in the NFL and throwing heavily. I mean, it was like 70, 80% some games, but then... They found themselves, they did some self-scouting over a mini bye week after a Thursday game, and they just started to pound the rock, and they they relied on running the ball. How impressive of a, a complete shift in philosophy was that for you? Well, I, you know, I, I I think he probably always wanted to run the ball a little bit. I, 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 I hope coaches are striving for balance. I hope. I mean, we didn't have as many 1,000-yard rushers this year as we've had. It's kind of a low year for thousand yard. We had Jonathan Taylor and we had King Henry and we had some guys, you know, of course, but um, we're, we're tending to throw the ball more, but I'm old school. I'm old and old school. And I, I prefer, I prefer guys playing a little smash mouth once in a while. And of course, a lot of the rushing yards by the Eagles are from the quarterback, but Miles Sanders is a heck of a player. And, and uh, you know, I, I think, I think the better you run the football, the better you invite a safety in the box and, and the more often you have free access and one-on-one -on -one coverage on the outside. So they go hand in hand in my mind. Some insurance companies use jingles and mascots, but not NJM. When you're up front with your customers, you don't need gimmicks. NJM, no jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Get a quote today at njm.com. So a lot of people are saying that, okay, the Eagles second half winning seven of nine, they played some bad quarterbacks because of COVID, third stringers, whatever, uh, Jets, Giants, Washingtons, teams that were beat up. So they haven't beaten a team that currently has a winning record in the NFL. They haven't yeah. beaten a team this year with a winning record. Can this team be for real in the playoffs? I think I think it's pro they're probably a year ahead of themselves right now. I, I think you're, you're exactly right. They haven't beaten the good teams. They've won the games they should win. You see, you got to start with that, right? When you, you play the Giants in Washington and the Jets, you know, you, know, you got you should win those games, and they did. They did. They didn't make the schedule. They just play the schedule. And so now there will be better teams in the playoffs than you know, and and um, and I don't know what kind of barometer this game will be with the Cowboys because the Cowboys may end up, I don't know what they're going to do with all their players, but uh, you know, if, if, if the Eagle, this is my humble opinion. If the Eagles were to win a playoff game, a wild card game, it'd be on the road. It would be an upset. It would be like, Whoa, didn't see that coming, but good for them. You know, I think they're, they're a year ahead of themselves. I, I think that, you know, with Nick putting in new, new schemes on both sides of the ball, um, I didn't see them even making the playoffs this year, but they did. And here we go. Good job. Good job by that organization. All right. So if they go play Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's got some injuries. They've they got, got some things, don't they? Uh, yeah. And then I look at the LA Rams. I mean, yeah, they've been playing well, but Matthew Stafford, he's thrown five interceptions the last couple games. There's no perfect team. The best team in my mind are the Packers, okay? They're going to sit over there, 
and light a fire at home and, and uh, you know, and, and then wait to see who they play. But all the teams in the, well, the Eagles, if they were lucky enough to advance, they're kind of a cold weather outdoor team too. But all these other teams are like sunshine teams or dome teams, right? Arizona, the Rams, Tampa Bay. They're going to go up to Lambeau and old man winner plays defense. And, and they, I, I, I can't see anybody beating the Packers up there in Lambeau. Tampa did last year in front of 9,000 fans. They scattered a few fans. It's a, you know, the healthcare workers were there and gave them a, threw them a bone and everything. And it was just kind of an ugly game, but, but now Lambeau is Lambeau, man, you've been there and it's, uh, it's going to be a tough place to steal a, a win against the Packers. But uh, every other team is so up and down. Dallas is up and down. Chargers are up and down. The Bucks are up and down. The Rams are up and down there. That, that's, that's the funny thing this year. There hasn't been the consistency. I mean, we've had, we had 24 teams in contention for the playoffs with two weeks to go because teams couldn't decide if they wanted to be in the playoffs or not. It's like, come on one week, you show that you're awesome. The next week you just lay an egg. And so we've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And, and so you're saying, you're telling Philly that you think the Eagles do have a shot. I mean, they were six. Oh, and say there's a chance. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why not? When you play defense and you run the ball, you got a chance to win, especially playoff games with the weather that it, it can be at times. Or when teams are a little bit banged up, a little bit limping around a little, you know, and, and you bring that kind of a blue collar mindset, they're not a finesse team. You know, they're, they're kind of a tough team, a smash mouth kind of a tough team. And, and I love that. And that bodes well for playoff teams. So really anything can happen. You bet. When you look at Jordan Mylata and then the stud Landon Dickerson from Alabama and then Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, that O-line, is that one of the best O-lines in football that you've seen? Oh, Jason Johnson's touchdown catch. I didn't know he had it in him, man. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was their problem last year, right, with all the injuries that they had, and they had new line every week, and it was like I felt bad for those quarterbacks. But they're settling into a certain group right now with some consistency up front, and that that is so important. And it's a little bit of luck, right? Sometimes you, you can play these guys game after game and sometimes they're missing and, and it's hard to control that. But right now it's a good bunch. Yeah. Is it, is it kind of interesting to you in your era? Uh, there were some dominant, great teams, teams that could be 15 and one, 14 and two. We're not seeing that anymore. Are we? I think, I think we're not. And I think the league enjoys that because we, we try to create parity as best we can. We try to bring up the bottom teams and get them better as best we can, not only through the draft, but through, you know, the uh, off the waiver wire, they get the pick first, and, you know, all those things. Their schedule's a little different than the first place teams. So it, it's it's proven to be beneficial for the league. And it, I, I, I guess it's okay when there's a couple dominating teams like America's team, you're either great, you love them, or you hate their guts. But either way, if they're coming to town, it's a, it's an interesting game, right? With the Cowboys. Um, um, and they haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1995. I mean, I coached for the Packers against Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders played receiver in that game and Aikman and the boys. I was on the sidelines with the Packers coaching Favre. Um, and they haven't been back to the NFC Championship game since. But crazy. Um, and, and they're good enough now. I think they're good enough. But Dallas, 
if they if they if they bring their A game, they can beat anybody. They can beat the Packers. They're going to travel to Green Bay, maybe, maybe, yeah. and and Mike McCarthy can take his bus with his team and and drive down Mike McCarthy Way. He's got a street named after him right over there by the stadium, and then go to the locker room and play their butt. And, and so, um, but they've been great at times. Great. They're the number one offense in the league, scoring and total offense. But then there's some games where they like a mulligan, man. What was that? And yeah, they had some injuries. Everybody's got injuries, but last week, boy, they didn't look very good. They're just up. Dak's been up and down, and you would say, is it his calf? What is it? But that's been the theme this 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 year is the up and down teams. Well, I'm hearing that the Eagles have a shot. I think people in Philly are going to be happy to hear that. Uh, before I let you go. I wanted to ask you about a story. I remember covering Eagles 49ers out there at Candlestick, and I think Coy Detmer came into the game. Maybe it was Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> I think they had so many injuries, and we were doing interviews. They won. About- What's that? They won. They won. Sorry to bring it up. Um, but I was, I was doing interviews in the locker room, and then I hear, yeah, it was cool. Steve Mariucci just came in. Eagles locker room or the area, and he was looking for Coy. Now, Coy was in the shower, but Steve wanted to congratulate him. Did you go in the shower to congratulate him? I coached his tie, okay? I had tie. I had tie in 49ers, had tie in Green Bay. I'm a family friend, okay? I had to go see Coy and tell him good game. Was he, was he mid-shower? You know what? I, that's getting really personal now. John. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Hey, what? Yeah, I'm nuts, I guess. But I did that with uh, also with uh, Dick Vermeil. So so I was coaching the Niners. <laughs> I was coaching the Niners. And it was a did you go see American Underdog yet? I haven't seen it yet, but uh, Not I, I, with I, you. go I see American to. Underdog, Kurt Warner. Right. And so it's awesome. It. Um, so so. Uh, we, the Niners, had beaten the Rams 17 times in a row. I can just tell you, okay? So so I think it was fifth game of the season. They beat us. Kurt Warner was the quarterback. And I and, and as the allegedly I cut him in Green Bay when he was coming out, okay? Like five years before he made the Rams. Anyway, he was with us for a couple of weeks. So um, they beat us. So they broke the streak. And Dick Vermeil's a dear friend of mine. So I went into their locker room. Okay. I went into their locker room and Georgia Frontieri is there dancing around and they think they won the Super Bowl. They beat the Niners, right? So oh, it was seven games. <laughs> Where's Coach Vermeil? Well, he's in the shower. So <laughs> I had my suit on, I had my briefcase. I went in the shower and gave him a big hug. I said, Good, good job, coach. He got us. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't make that a habit or anything, but I. Hey, hey, that's a pretty good. That'd be like a TikTok. The shower, congratulations. The shower, congratulations. It could be a thing now, you know. It could be a thing. Hey, uh, before I let you go, I, I had one other thought. What, what, what is your favorite memory of trips to Philly? Uh, bringing your team to Philly. Um, anything. Oh, I got that- a memory. Uh, so, so, um, I was there the night. And we won this game. Um, and Ty Dipper was their quarterback. I want to say it was a Monday night because it was it could have been Sunday or Monday. <clears throat> Streaker went through there. 
fireworks were going off, like flares were shooting across the stadium during the game. Um, in fact, I think the next game, it got so wild, the next game they had like Judge Judy doing the thing in the side in, in the stands, right? You be, misbehaved, you're out, you lose your tickets. Remember they that? Put, they put a court down in the yeah, lower yeah, court. Had them come real quick to get them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that happened because the game with us was so out of control. And I'm standing on our sideline and we're kicking their butt. I'm just telling you, we are. And uh, I go back and I look, I look at our bench and Garrison Hurst and Fred Beasley, our tailback and fullback, they always, they're like two peas in a pod. They're sitting with two girls. Two girls came out of the stands and sitting on my bench. And I'm going, what the hell are you doing here? And they go, come on, coach. They just want to say, good, you know, good game. And they're having fun. I go, get out, get out of here. And they were, they were sitting on the bench. Who does that? I mean, it was totally out of control in that stadium. That that's why that's why the judge showed up the next week yeah that's unbelievable and, and steve you hear these stories about things that happened back in the day like guys eating hot dogs on the sideline can you imagine the day of social media if there were girls coming from the stands and sitting on your bench we had two of them two of them and they were wound up believe me and they were hanging out with garrison hurst right next to him on the bench like this hey coach how you doing <laughs> get out get out <laughs> That is unbelievable. I'll, I'll leave you with a quick story about the court because it's the only stadium that ever had an actual court and judge okay. in there to quickly do the judicial process. So apparently an Eagles fan was going crazy on Troy Aikman and did something wrong. And they brought the fan in and they said, we're going to charge you with disorderly conduct or something like that. Is there anything you have to say for yourself before we charge you and sentence you? And he says, yeah, Cowboys suck. <laughs> so only in the city of brotherly love man and, and i guess you didn't have time to get a quick lawyer for the representation but i gotta tell you steve you brought back a memory because that is one thing you know they talk about the snowballs at santa claus but i have heard that story about flares being thrown by fans at the vet and that was you at that game oh yeah i thought it was fourth of july i was like <laughs> oh man i think was well, ray, ray rose the coach i think ray was yeah, he was 95 to like 98, 99. So, yeah, that was wild. Well, there you go. That was a great story. Um, and it says a lot about you that even though a guy is taking a shower, you still want to congratulate him. That says a lot I'm about not you. I'm waiting until he's done, okay? I'm in a hurry. So I just, <laughs> when, you, when a congratulations is in order, you just do it, right? And you're in full suit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you would have been great in Philly because you've got one of those nicknames, Mooch that you can't tell if it's booze or mooch. Oh, yeah. Like Deuce Daly and those guys. A lot of beat both of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, listen, we loved catching up with you, and I think Philly's going to be happy to hear what you said about Jalen Hurts and this Birds team going to the playoffs. So we always look forward to seeing you early mornings for you on NFL game day mornings, and hopefully that alarm clock keeps going off. <laughs> we don't have that, that Seinfeld show where the guy was supposed to run in a marathon and the AM, PM knobs were mixed up. You ever see that? Uh, Never mind. So I probably did. You know, I got another story. You got more time? Yeah, I love it. So Steve Young, Steve Young, uh, we, we exchanged Christmas presents. <laughs> and um, he, he, here's what he got me. He, here's what he got me. 
he got me, he brought a box. It was a big box like this. All right. And it was every Seinfeld episode recorded on VHS tapes. And it had a book made out, you know, soup Nazi and shrinkage and uh, uh, muffin tops and every, every title and a little, little sentence about what it was about. Okay. It was uh, like uh, 197 uh, episodes. Right. Yeah. And he was so proud. He took, took him a long time to record all that stuff and give it to me. And it was still fuzzy. It was not, it was not. <laughs> so I, 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 um, I didn't have the heart. I didn't have the heart. To, well, what I did was like, like the week after Christmas, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was in a target. Yeah. I was in target. Okay. Target. Target. Okay. And then I, I look and they had the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> and the DVDs of all the Seinfeld episodes, right? For like $39.99. And I didn't have the heart to tell Steve that, you idiot, I could have bought these things or you could have bought these things at Target and just saved all that time of recording 200 episodes and doing all this stuff. But that's over 200 hours of work you put in. Hours. I No wonder we lost that game. You guys were like in the video room or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that is great stuff. Um, you're you're one of the fun guys, and uh, we appreciate the time. And we always look forward to seeing you on NFL Network. And we're we're going to be watching this weekend. Right. And uh, we love to hear that the Eagles are going to have a shot. We love it. Well, there's a shot. They're doing a good job. They should be happy with that team. Greatest. Ooh, mom, so flagrant.